The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. We are indebted to you for your stat blocks, podcast listeners. And you, young podcaster, we will watch your career with great interest. Welcome back to the Dark Times Podcast. I'm Sam, your favorite uh, Imperial Senator. And I'm Steven, your favorite Gungan French horn frontline player. <laughs> we were just talking about this. So, you know, Sam and I weren't in the theater when Phantom Menace came out. We'll just leave it at that. And But we understand that Phantom Menace is the first movie to come out. This has been said over and beating, literally beating the dead horse right here. The, the dead bantha. The dead bantha. Um, Dead Tauntaun. What's the little horse the Gungans have? Like an Atu or something? Yeah, something yeah, weird. Something the like one, that, one that, that yeah. farts in yes. Jar Jar's face? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, remember that green text? Never mind. Way, <laughs> way, way off subject. But just imagine how it felt. I, I can only imagine how it felt to not have a Star Wars film in 30 years, be disappointed by Gungans, and then the new Star Wars reboot in, in 99, ending with a, a parade of, of about 100 of them. <laughs> I can only imagine how that felt. Where, 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 who, who are we? What are we doing? Where, where am I? We introduced ourselves already, right? Oh, good. <laughs> we have some feedback. Oh, good. Yeah, the, the one of these was actually a review I I missed. Did you? No, I saw it. Oh, yeah. Okay, I did. I we, we forgot to read it alouds for the class. So, the force is with this podcast. I've been playing Swissy since it first released in 2007. And it's great to find this amazing podcast. The host's passion for the system is evident, and I enjoyed every episode so far. Thanks for helping make me a better Star Wars GM. Looking forward to the inevitable Sam Witwer interview. <laughs> that was a review published by Impossible PhD on Apple Podcasts. I love how earlier this month I, we record this from what I can only describe as my roommate's room. <laughs> yeah, I know it, it. That is it. Like Sam's not exaggerating. We, we record this in a room that does not belong to either of us. <laughs> and that the, the idea of an interview with Sam Whitmore is in our grasp. <laughs> Considering our studio space is quite literally like my roommate's room and not even my own room. Like, <laughs> well, you know, humble beginnings. Soon we'll have a, a penthouse podcaster studio at the top of the Empire State <laughs> Building or something. I don't know how I don't know where this goes from here. One day at a time. Thank you, uh, uh, Doctor Impossible PhD. He's probably a real doctor, right? Uh, maybe it's a ironic username. A what? An ironic username? Is that a, a thing? Yeah, it's Impossible oh, PhD. Like like Sampai Notice Me. Is that all right? Whoa, 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 whoa! What's going on? <laughs> whoa, am I on trial? <laughs> oh man. We got another piece of love the other day. Uh, this was from Crash Team 1985. Is that what it says? This is from Crash Team 1985 on Reddit. Uh, replying to a comment I left, he was looking for help on a sandbox campaign. And I was like, hey, I kind of have a published thing about this and talk about it a lot. Do you, do you want? And he says, actually, I grabbed this crawl guide a few days ago. I shipwrecked them on a, his party. On a nicely hexed map, and that's going to be my intro to them either surviving or becoming jungle cat food. My narrative brain is planning for what's after the jungle. That guide is very well done. By the way, Dark Times rocks. Thank, thank you so much, Crash Team. Thank you, Crash Team 1985. You rock. Aw. Yeah. Well, I'm regular Keanu Reeves over here. You really are. Thank you. <laughs> Keanu Steves. Keanu Steves. <laughs> 
also pretty much everyone wrote in in one way or another to let us know that they feel the same way about making Star Destroyers absolutely massive on their battle map. So I'm glad pretty much everyone out there is doing that. I kind of suspected as such. Even got some great ideas that I, I've been meaning to do this for years, just haven't. An encounter where the map essentially is the Star Destroyer and the enemies, the things you're engaging with, the objectives are parts of that Star Destroyer. Like Very have, Death Star trench runs. Exactly. Like have turret like tokens, throw a bunch of TIE fighters in there, have destructible pieces of the Star Destroyer. Like, come on. So good. So good. Sam, you had some ideas about what this episode should be, and I I, I want I wanted I want to hear them again here on on air. Yeah, I figured We've had a couple meaty ones recently, There's huh? There's been some beef. Very There's mechanics some... heavy. Yes. A lot to digest. And it's not really, you know, that's not my forte. I think the last few episodes could be described uh, using some choice words from the old Order 66 podcast hosts. Uh, they were delicious tidbits dribbled in awesome sauce is usually what they would say. <laughs> very it was early. 2007. Yeah, so. let's say very 2007. Yeah, but that, that's that's what they called it. And I, I think those episodes were tasty niblets dribbled in awesome sauce. Not that we have episodes that aren't like. That. No, they're all dribbled in awesome sauce. Yeah, we, we the awesome I'm sauce is served on like the this. side. I can feel like remember like the Coles graphic T-shirts like yeah. I hate my sister and my dog ate my homework or something. That's all I think of when I hear that. My one of my favorites is the sarcasm sarcastic comment loading. Oh my god! Like it's just. Uh, so Stephen. Okay, sorry, I'm stuck on that. Yes, yes, Sam. The, the show. If the last few episodes have been the meaty, yeah. What would you call this episode? I, I maybe it's it's so it's softer, right? It's yeah. a little more looser, a little less yeah. specific in it's, nature. Maybe a tinge sweetness in there too. Yeah. Is it is it the potatoes? Oh, the the meat and potatoes of yeah, podcasting. Yeah, because the there's Dark meat, Times and then there's potatoes. Sam, I think that. Oh. You go ahead. I had something. Oh, yeah. please do. No, yeah, I had something. Okay. Good, good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Stephen, let's say Swissy is not ju- It's the meat and potatoes, right? Like how we're the meat and potatoes of podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. We're Star Wars Saga Edition is the meat and potatoes, whereas the meat is the mechanical part of it. Yeah. That makes the potatoes sort of everything else, you know? Yeah. It's but, fluffy. It's light. It's delicious. Yeah. But there's different ways that people can enjoy potatoes. Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, you can mash them up with the skins on, your skins off, you can roast them, you can steam them. Exactly. And how would, let's just, you know, just plain potatoes ain't ain't worth its grit or anything, you know? Like, no one oh, likes grit, to taste nice. of just plain potatoes. It's true. You need things in there. You need butter, seasonings, salt, pepper, primarily among them. And so what's the analog for salt, pepper, seasonings, et cetera? Well, at the risk of podcast potatoes, at the risk of losing our metaphor, (laughs) the risk of just spiraling out of control here. I think the additions to our potatoes is everything we throw in. Yeah. Everything we experience, every part of the game that is not the mechanics and what we choose to bring to the table. <laughs> the table means two things. Ah. <laughs> to enrich our game. To enrich yeah. our dish that is Swissy. God, I'm hungry. Yeah, now. I'm fucking starving. <laughs> Why did you Are do that? Are we done that? yet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, while you, listener, are getting some nice, nice potatoes, Stephen and I are going to talk about what goes into these po- podcast potatoes. Yes. It's about... Like the earth, there the potatoes are grown in. Right? Okay, I'm 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 leaving this metaphor. <laughs> are we discarding by the, road. the metaphor? I am putting this out on the curb with a free sign on it. I'm done with it. 
Sam wanted to make an episode about all the things that a GM can consume and read and get into to enrich their storytelling experience. And I mean, this isn't something just game masters can do. Reading more like, for example, sci-fi literature has greatly expanded my ability to role play in a sci-fi setting, not just in Star Wars, but just role playing overall, because I get better at making shit up because I've seen (laughs) a lot more shit. It's not so hard to make things up when you've got a strong base to go off. of. But I wanted to come at this from a slightly different angle. Okay. First, I wanted to talk about the two parts of Swissy. Swissy is a role-playing game. Yes? Yeah. Two, two parts to that. There's role-playing, which I mean, there's like two sub-parts there, but we don't need to go that deep. <laughs> and then there's game. Yeah. When I sit down to design an encounter, I feel like I'm sitting down to design a game. I'm not a game designer by any means. I'm certainly not an armchair game designer who sits on the internet and says about what devs should and and shouldn't do. (laughs) But I am a gamer in the strictest sense of the word. I love gaming. Like millions of people, the primary way that I engaged with the Star Wars universe for most of my life was through video games. And I always try to bring that feeling to Saga Edition. I, I feel like I'm probably preaching to the choir here because pretty much everyone I've seen who loves Swissy also loves other Star Wars games. And I, Empire at War was like my toy box. I was never an RTS guy, but I was young enough to appreciate that there was a game that let me get a bunch of ships into one area <laughs> and watch them duke it out. That game even had the cinematic mode. You press the space bar and... Do you know about this? No. In Empire at War, there's a cinematic mode where you press the space bar and the game, it would go full screen, like free floating game camera mode that would like automatically and intelligently like pan rotate around like a Star Destroyer as all your ships were buzzing around (laughs) fighting it. And it would just use these really cinematic angles to just give you this kind of a cool like not slideshow. It was a video, but like just see your like little RTS mob rush yeah. from like a cinematic point of view yeah. it was so cool that shit blew my mind and you want to bring that sort of joy to the table exactly i mean you're, this is why i talked about my current campaign bringing the toy box approach just because i wanted you guys to get the fucking hardware out there and just blow some shit up and trouncing around imperial bases as Cal katarn just kind of being like 007 but way cooler and way <laughs> less british <laughs> Doing backflips off of trams as Jaden Core. What's more in, in awe-inspiring than like all of the Jedi Academy levels? You've got a sandworm level. It's just <laughs> Dune. No, it's just, if you touch the sand and make noise, the worm eats you. It's just Dune. And then there's that tram level. Come on, who doesn't love a good tram? <laughs> How many tram levels have I crammed in the Saga Edition, Sam? Uh, at least three. At least three. Yeah. They're great, though. They're amazing. It's so that's the point. The point of this episode, Stephen, is to look at things not just from game design, but from all sorts of media that you, a listener, and I, podcaster, have consumed and enjoyed, and seeing like, all right, let let me peel the veneer back a little bit. Let me just do you chip it away a little bit. I know, right? I'm sorry, but for a lot of you, this might be a bit of a redundant episode. It could. It probably is. It might be. It might be. But for some of you, the people who are like. 
oh man, they've never done they've never done this in Star Wars. I can't do that. This is for you. I mean, it's a sentiment because you I can. See a lot. Yeah, you can. It's a sentiment I see quite a bit because. A lot. This is for some reason. This is a lot of people's first RPG. It was my first RPG. Rodney Thompson started on Star Wars RPGs. Like, there's a lot of people out here who start on Star Wars RPGs, and I was hung up on a few things, lore mostly earlier. But we talk about that all the time about how you shouldn't worry. Yeah, lore. When people have taken our our fuck Wikipedia sentiments a bit too personally. Have they? I've noticed. Yes, I oh, have. Wow. Someone was like, "Oh, they said, uh, you know, we, no, the point isn't." No, we're not discrediting Wikipedia as a source for information. Of not. We are saying you don't need to be, you know, super granular, correct all the time at a tabletop game. You got to break your chains, man. The force will set you yeah. free. There we go. Yeah. Sith code. Sith code. Stop. <laughs> Stop bringing that, uh, that malarkey into my podcast space. Stop it. It's, no, I don't need that sort of rhetoric in here, Stephen. But yeah. And it just, you know, speaking for me and like I said, millions of others these games formed the foundation of what i thought star wars was and formed the foundation of what i thought star wars storytelling was i mean rogue squadron flying around i wouldn't even i'd like blow, boot up the multiplayer i wouldn't even shoot anything i just love flying around absorbing <laughs> the textures and the sounds you know and the different weapon loadouts you could put on like when i saw you could put a concussion missile on an x-wing and like rogue squadron 2 for the gamecube i was like oh my god this is the best thing to ever happen <laughs> And I really felt like that informed my enjoyment of Saga Edition. I mean, Saga Edition, we love the customizability of it all. We love the fact that you can emulate these very real memories of these super intense Star Wars textures, sounds, and just overall vibe. So that's why I say, and I'm probably speaking to a very small audience here, but if you haven't already, consider that Star Wars Saga Edition is a Star Wars game First and foremost, and to mix in all the amazing, I mean, come think about Star Wars games like 2010 and prior. There's a lot there that is just begging to be used at your table, not just story beat wise. I'm talking like setting mechanics wise, like the amount of spectacle that's possible to achieve in Saga Edition. It's very easy to do. The very kind that was you know served up so well back in the LucasArts era. Do got to say, though, Fallen Order, fucking fantastic. I love oh, that yeah. game. Oh, yeah. And Battlefront 2 does a great job of uh, bringing that sort of like visual language to Star Wars. I mean, technically, that game is beautiful. It's not really my steez otherwise. And but. what I like is Saga Edition really has that sort of backed by the Star Wars universe um, game wise. It does. In there. All those bits and bops from those games are in the system we ready the, to be we got used. a full KOTOR, you know, source book campaign guide. Force Unleash campaign guide. Like these were released alongside video games. Yeah. Galaxy at War includes pretty much everything of note from Empire at War that isn't covered in other books. Rebellion Era campaign guide is also the same way. Uh, it's just one of those things where I, I can't, it's hard for me to think of a system that has more source material to work on than to work Star with, Wars you mean? to work with. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. I mean, it's a vast IP. That's everyone. Everyone knows how fucking expansive Star Wars is. But what's even more interesting to me is how expansive Star Wars can be. Ooh. 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 A little chiasmus there for you. <laughs> I, I think that was a chiasmus at least. <laughs> it It's not, but it's good. <laughs> Steven, let's look at the other word 
in role playing game. Yeah, uh, role playing, role playing, role playing, role playing. So we already covered that Swissy's a Star Wars game. Star Wars games are good, broadly speaking, and you should include more of that in this Star Wars game. Role playing is a whole other world on its own. It is the peanut butter in our peanut butter jelly sandwich. Too many food metaphors this episode. <laughs> I, we never podcast hungry, I guess, is the is the true. I like had a beef stick earlier, too. Like, I should be good to go. There's some great sci-fi RPGs out there. I'm not going to talk about Starfinder. I've played a little Starfinder. Love it. But I also don't know anything about it. So <laughs> sorry if you're That's hoping fair. to hear about Starfinder here. And there's some even more contemporary options that probably deserve the attention. There's a fantastic little number out there that's part of does those Phrase OSR mean anything to you, Sam? And personally, RPG spaces, yeah. No, not I'm not familiar. What so does OSR mean? OSR stands for Old School Renaissance. Okay, it's kind of the coining for this many years, decades long, really resurgence of kind of more A D and D original D and D style RPGs, where you know a plus one modifier is like whoa, like your whole world, yeah. like you, like modifiers never go beyond plus three and stuff like that. Rolling just D6s to determine. That's your OSR revolution. Yeah. Yeah. And there's two games that are kind of connected to that that I wanted to bring up next to Swissy, compare and contrast, and really just encourage you to start fucking pilfering stuff from these systems and use them at your Swissy table because I think it's worth it. Whoa, 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 whoa there, Steven. What? Are you telling me I can be a better Swissy storyteller by playing other RPGs? You know, yes. Yes, if you no if, if you want to get better at role playing games, you got to start playing things other than Swissy and Five E. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't say Five E. Whoa, Stephen, that's a that's a pinata full of bees. You don't want to hit with a stick. <laughs> no, I don't mean anything about Five E personally. I mean we could <laughs> we, we could we could, but that's not what I'm saying right now. What I mean is that if you want to truly get good at this hobby, if you truly want to be the natural long bearded role player with a cool necklace at the local <laughs> gaming store that everyone knows who I'm talking about. You got to play more RPGs. You got to role play more in different ways. Like any skill, you've got to push your limit, right? You're never going to develop into the role player you want to be by playing the same one or two RPGs all day. By running the same Rebe- rebellion era campaign. You know, you're not going to get anywhere. Exactly. If you run two miles every day, you're going to be really good at running. Will you reach a plateau? Absolutely. You'll plateau almost immediately. Might need to run a little bit more. Stars Without Number is an OSR sci-fi RPG written by none other than RPG legend Kevin Crawford. And now what's cool about Stars Without Number, there's one key thing here. It's free. It doesn't cost a dime to play this game. There's many expansions out there, including like ones for heroic rules and further customization. In the base game, there's only three classes and you're meek. You're not this star trotting hero. You're not an adventurer. You are an adventurer, but you're not like a heroic adventurer. You're not like the main character of an action movie. You're kind of just a few steps above the average mook. You're very much on the same playing field as the adversaries that you face in this game. Cool. And one, you can lift many things from this game, but if you lift one thing, 
I recommend chapter 7, page 87 of the core rulebook for Starts Without Number, entitled World Generation. This free RPG, free RPG, 200 pages this. Wow, and it's, it's free? free? Completely free. You could run a full campaign in this easy. I was reading it earlier today, and I was like, God damn. So there's lots of great world generation in Swissy. There's a great one in the Unknown Region sourcebook. There's great ones on Reddit. There's great ones in a little hex crawl guide some of you may know about. <laughs> Do you want a 20-plus page chapter on in-depth, realistic, or fantastical world generation? With tables? Yes. Then this is for you. Please, please go check out Stars Without Number. Read this chapter. Look, there's industry tables. There's population center rolling. Alien ruins. Altered humanity. Come on, there's examples. I'm still scrolling. I'm, I've been scrolling this whole time. I'm not through the chapter yet. Psionics fear. Psionics worship. Psionics are kind of a big thing in this one of the three classes that's cool psychic warrior and um things like technician yeah or something for sure it's it's in here trust me but yeah that starts with that number beautiful fun free old school sci-fi rpg that is roaring to go ready for you to play and even better has plenty to lift for saga edition there's also a xeno bestiary in here that's free and a whole chapter on alien creation hell yeah we're going to link that in the description. Yes. Uh, uh, let's do uh, There's a drive through RPG link that yeah, you can we'll do that. get it. Yeah. The other one, some people may recognize because it's, I think it's actually quite a bit like, I don't know what the word to use here. Higher production run than, um, than stars without number scum more and corporate. Yeah. More, more <laughs> corpo, more fucking corporate. <laughs> like you get more corporate than a star Wars RPG. <laughs> <laughs> Literally Hasbro wizards published yeah. like LucasArts endorsed scum and villainy, not the source book of the same name for this system, a different game, entirely independent yet heavily inspired by star Wars RPGs, particularly the D six Weg days. It's scum and villainy from evil hat productions. Yes. Yes. The same evil hat productions responsible from RPG hits such as the fate system and a little system called blades in the dark scum and villainy works on the same rule set, the same core engine as blades in the dark. It's a, it's a, I believe you roll 2d6. I think then, it's a 2d6. System. Yeah, it's yeah. d6 based, but you roll 2d6 and it's like one to four is a failure. Then four to eight is a mixed success. And then eight above is like a complete success. Uh, I've, I've listened to a few shows and, and read through a few of the rule books for Blades in the Dark and stuff like that. Or yeah. the Fate system rather. Oh, cool. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Oh, they're, they're fun. I heard Fate's really good for people who are like brand spanking new to RPGs. It's also really good. Like it's more heavily storytelling a lot more power in the in the game master and players hands than oh cool than a system like 5e or like this or something like that i had a group that i played swissy with and they really didn't like swissy it really wasn't for them and i lost them to like a fate beginners edition i didn't lose them (laughs) the next game they played in my absence was a like fate for beginners avatar the last airbender game yes i hear it's very popular yeah i've heard it's i've heard it's a good time Maybe I should just read a little tiblet. Sure. Tib tiblet. Give us the tiblet. Little giblet. With awesome sauce. With awesome sauce. 
unwise deals, blaster fights, high adventuring among the stars. Welcome to the world of scum and villainy. Work with the members of your crew to thrive despite powerful criminal syndicates, warring noble families, dangerous aliens, and strange mystics. Explore the ruins of lost civilization for fun and profit. Can your motley crew hold it together long enough to strike it big and ensure your fame across the sector? This one's really cool because, of course, I mean, you hear that description. That's Star Wars, baby. Yeah. But also it pulls a lot in from the likes of like Cowboy Bebop and like Firefly. And oh, what's another good one? Oh, Futurama, like yeah. early Futurama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where it's like about running a business on a ship. So sublime. So cool. I actually don't know a whole lot about this system, but I wanted to bring it up on the show because I, I mostly as a reminder for me to <laughs> pick up a book and, and start reading it. So cool. Plus what I know about Blades in the Dark, I'm sure it's freaking sweet, Lois. Then what are some other obvious good sources of inspiration when we play our Star Wars role-playing game? Those are the three parts. Well, I don't know about you, Steven, but I know how to read. <laughs> Do you know how to read, Steven? I, it's, it, the jury's out. <laughs> my, my lawyers advise me to not answer such questions. Steven, you and I are both big fans of the Alphabet Squadron books. Yes. Big, big fan. And I personally enjoyed the Ahsoka novel. And you've, yeah. And you've read the Thrawn trilogy I have. cover to cover. I have. The original. The I haven't original. read the new one, but yeah. I really I really love the original. I want to read the new one. Books are a great source of inspiration for any role-playing game. Dune changed my approach to storytelling. And I know not every book is going to do that, but read Dune. If you, have, if you want to tell sci-fi stories, dear gosh, please read Dune. Fantastic. Not just because, haha, Lel, Spice Will Flow, and all that shit, and oh, the fear is the mind killer. That stuff's cool too. <laughs> but if you take a step back and see like what Frank Herbert's doing when he translates real world phenomenon into these grand scale sci fi crazy business, you understand a little bit more about where to put certain things in your story. And I strongly recommend it for anyone who really wants to wow their players. And that's the point I was trying to make, Stephen, is that you don't have to limit to yourself to any Star Wars media. No, not we at all. We talked a lot about Star In fact, Wars you games. Shouldn't. You absolutely <laughs> yeah. shouldn't. Yes. Yeah. I've got some examples here. Please do. Some inspiration for your Sagittarius name at home. Use some zero G combat like an Ender's game. It's oh, super yeah. cool. It's Love a great part Ender's of that game. book. He kills that kid in the bathroom. He does. And we actually used that in our campaign. We did. We did. <laughs> Very similar uh motive and like inspiration for those, for some scenes that we've done. Harrison Ford's in the movie too. He is. So I haven't seen it. It's, it's all right. <laughs> I mean, it's better than your average book movie. So that's, you know, do with that what you will. You could desolate worlds and some environmental storytelling elements you can take from the road. A really oh, great yeah. book. Just talking about this book last night and today, actually. Really? I, it's, been a, it's been a road sort of week for me. I don't know what that, I even bought this flannel. Yeah. Cause I was thinking about the road. <laughs> And then there's also, I'm glad, too bad they can't see your flannel, Steven. <laughs> Makes for awful yeah, podcast. It's, nice, it's a nice flannel, guys. It I is promise. nice, yeah. Thank you. Uh, and then, as always, you can pull dystopian societies straight from 1984. Like, come on. Yeah, there's, I mean, that's, there's definitely a handful of Star Wars worlds that are doing their own little 1984 thing. Like, of course. And I mean, we, we were all probably forced to read 1984 in high school. I know at least I was. I know at least far too many other people have been. So frighten your players by bringing those elements back <laughs> and traumatizing them again. Here's the thing I'm going to bring in from 1984. Cage full uh, of rats? Yeah, how'd you know? <laughs> how'd you know I was going to say head rat cage? Head rat cage, I knew it. <laughs> Gosh. 
The yeah, imp- and the there's so would much do shit like that. Exactly, and there's so much more too. I mean, we're brought, these are very popular books. These are award winning, world famous pieces of literature. Another thing I like to do is I have a few friends, and I'm trying to follow in their footsteps, getting into weird fiction. I want I want you. Dear listener, go to your local used bookstore, pick up the weirdest, pulpiest sci-fi book you can find. They're never more than 200 pages. Pick it up and read that sucker. Big fan of pulpy paperbacks. A pulpy paperbacks. Exactly. (laughs) It's so good to just look at the ugliest, some of the ugliest, and some of the most fundamental building blocks of sci-fi as a storyteller. It's just, it's, you get so much of what to do, what not to do. When you pick up something easy and complicated and easy to criticize, like that you feel smarter, your analytical skills improve. (laughs) I'm serious. By contrast, when you understand when something's bad, you're a lot better at understanding when something's good. You get the Skyrim skill level up. uh, No, I I hear the sound. Like... Pick up a shitty, bad sci-fi Literacy book. increased by two points. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up the worst sci-fi book you've ever seen. Read it cover to cover. Find something you like about it and then deride the rest of it. It doesn't have to be sci-fi. No, it doesn't. There are plenty of other things you can take. Hell, George Lucas took a fuck ton from uh, Japanese cinema. Like, <laughs> Let's talk about Kurosawa. Yeah. I mean, the Jedi are samurai. There's literally a princess in the first Star (laughs) Wars. It opens with a princess. There's so many fantastical elements that are deeply, deeply part of Star Wars, too, that absolutely don't need to be ignored. I'm not going to don't read like you've already read Lord of the Rings. So, like, don't don't bother with that unless you have. (laughs) I haven't read Lord of the Rings. You can drop. Listen, here's here's a fun little tip from the Dark Times crew to you. You can drop the Psy from sci-fi and just read Phi. You can just go just enjoy go some Phi and bring the Phi and add the Psy at the end. You, you don't have to add the Psy until you're done cooking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little Psy garnish on my Phi. It's true. If there's a story you're particularly fond of, just put a spaceship in it. We love reskinning stuff. We love it. Cheat, lie, steal. Cheat, lie, steal. Come on. The DM's handbook. DM's Cheat, handbook. Lie, it's, three, it's, it's 300 pages. They're all blank except for the first page. hundred fonts. Yeah. hundred size font. Cheat, lie, steal. And then you can fill in the rest of the book with all the little ideas you're cheating, lying, and stealing. There you go. That that would be our first uh, <laughs> source book of the Dark Times fan book. That's good. That's really it's good. Like yeah, those, here's your Dark Times supplement, guys. Yeah, it's like one of those self-help books yeah. that just has like a bunch of blank pages inside. That's great. I love the idea of shipping an RPG supplement under the auspice of a of a self-help book. I think that's really <laughs> fucking funny. Oh man. All right, Sam. I'm a postmodern guy. All right. I, I don't have the So you time. don't read books. Is I what don't I'm read here. books. I don't have the time for, for it. I don't have the attention for it. I certainly don't have the intelligence for it, let alone the patience. What are some alternatives to reading these dusty old paperbacks, huh? Well, would, is it the weight of the books that's the problem? Do you refer something like my, my tiny hands? My hands are I never revealed this on the podcast, you know, audio medium. I have these tiny <laughs> little doll hands that can't hope to lift a book. OK, any more. Have than you tried a pages. comic? Those are a lot lighter, aren't they? They are. In usually fact, I, I have. I can get my little tiny hands around them and read them just fine. And they're mostly pictures and colors. So it's way easier for me to process. And it's great for inspiration, too. Seriously. I mean, I, I don't know if anyone out there struggles with visualizing anything, but if you do. Well, by golly, they've got these things called comics, and it's a, a very emergent medium, very new to the game. <laughs> Compared to books. Compared to books. 
<laughs> Emergent medium comic books. Yes. Star Wars comics are great. Oh, yeah. The older ones, I think, have a little bit more oomph, a little more creativity behind them. I see those that Shadows of the Empire comic book style mm-hmm. with like the greens and the blues oh, and yeah. the purples. And it's just so old sci-fi and it makes my heart sing. I see the like 2013 era Star Wars comic books where they're straight up traced from the movies. And I'm like, <laughs> OK, let's let's be clear that we're not we're not <laughs> talking about that. here. Well, at that well, at those points. The stories are still good. Yeah, like you of can course. still absorb those stories because they're still Star Wars stories. Absolutely. And this is another point I want to encourage everyone on. Don't lock yourself in the Star Wars fence. It's nice and safe in here. Trust me. And I love like any Star Wars auxiliary media. I've enjoyed every Star Wars comic I picked up and I read the Kylo Ren one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or the Knights of Ren one that actually ended up being more about Kylo than the Knights. of. Yeah. Uh, they had two appearances. I do remember that. Yeah. Awful. Disappointing. <laughs> Go to your local comic store. It's probably is your local game store or at least very close to it. Say, hey, I don't read a lot of comics. Maybe you do. Say, I do read a lot of comics. Say something about comics. <laughs> What's remember, a- you're in there for comics. <laughs> yeah, remember that you're in there for comics. That's key. What's the latest sci-fi comic? What's the best selling sci-fi comic? What's your favorite sci-fi What's comic? What's your favorite sci-fi? Start reading sci-fi comics because there's some really, really weird ones out there. I don't read a lot of comics, so I don't know what they are. I hope people write in and tell me what the weirdest and coolest sci-fi comics are so I can read it back here on the show. Maybe you have a campaign where the Empire has genetically altered these these turtles. to. <laughs> oh, 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 I think I know where this is going. I think I have read this one. Good, then- good God, are you going to finish that bit? Because I don't think you can. I don't know. My point is, you can take, they don't have to be sci-fi comics. Yes, it's easier to adapt, but there are things you can do to adapt these non-sci-fi comics to your campaign and to your storytelling repertoire, you know? Absolutely. Superhero backstories are always really cool, too. That's true. A planet's dying, they send one kid off, and that's, you can see that in Star Wars right there. Oh, yeah, I would love to see the kid who gets jettisoned from Alderaan at the last second, you know? Like, what's going to happen there? That's a cool story right there. Plunks into the Death Star. Luke blows it up. Luke Skywalker, like like Moses being found in the riverbank. Luke Skywalker finds the last kid from Alderaan and raises him as his own. There was a thing in Legends where like there was more than a few survivors of Alderaan and they went and founded like a new Alderaan colony somewhere. Well, there you go. Take yeah. something like that. That's a cool it's story right great. there. Because, I mean, it's a big, you know, big planet. It's probably at least a few hundred people off world. Who are off world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, the Empire recalled them all to world for an hey, emergency hey. meeting. Emergency meeting. All Alderanians. Good God. That's hot. Kind of a cool plot point, though. Honestly, if you want to be sure. Concerned. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a good campaign prompt to have Tarkin in. Just. Yeah. Tarkin's great. I like Sad Tarkin. that he died with, with the Death Star. You know, speaking of Empire at War, he was cool because he was the most powerful Imperial officer in the game. He offered the greatest boosts to your, your units. Uh, like damage and movement speed, I think, but you couldn't retreat. That's great. Yeah, I yeah. like that. It was super, super fun. That is super cool. All because there is one line. I think someone in a new hope asks if he wants to retreat because <laughs> it looks like the Death Star might be blown up. And he's yeah. like, no, I'm not. Oh yeah. It's like on the dawn of our victory or something like <laughs> yeah, that. You remember yeah, the line. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. 
Well, uh, and then not just comic. Let's say I'm illiterate. <laughs> yeah, let's say. Hypothetically, I'm not. And my lawyers advise me to tell you that I'm not. But let's just say I was. What sort of medium would I consume to help inspire my game? Well, there's a little thing called these TV shows. I'm sorry. Are you? Do you mean like the long form streaming movies? Those ones? Oh, yeah. Dropping three 40 minute episodes in one <laughs> night. You mean something like that? We talk. Yes. <laughs> yes and no. To answer your question, Sam, I, I do mean like our streaming shows these days, but we can go even further back to a pre streaming era. There's some gold nuggets out there, particularly in the 90s and 80s oh, yeah. for sci fi. Star Trek Those is the elephant baby. in the room. Star Trek goes back as the 60s. My yeah, exactly. Crazy. I was talking about TNG. You okay. Know, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. There's there's something we should address. Yeah. The whole Trekkie versus Star Wars fan thing is done and over with, it's right? Like that shit's while. gone yeah. the way of like hating bronies. As like no one does that anymore. <laughs> as soon as Futurama made a joke about it, it was already dead in the water. Exactly. But I know a few Star Wars fans who cling to the old ways. They cling on? They cling gone to the old ways. <laughs> and if that's you by any chance, I bet there's only one of you listening. Seriously. Star Trek is so different from Star Wars that comparing them is just silly. They're so trying to achieve two drastically different oh, things. They are fully reconcilable with each other. I guarantee it. I didn't think they were. I did not. I did not think they were until I watched my first episode of TNG. Preferably the first episode. Encounter of TNG. at Baldesian. Yeah. <laughs> the, the two-parter. I think that's what it's called. I think it's Encounter at Baldesian Outpost. Baldesian sounds like something. a Star Wars name. I think, it's, I think it's called Encounter at Outpost something. Oh, like I thought that. it was Baldesian. Yeah. Baldesian. No worries. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I didn't know how to handle interpersonal dialogue in sci-fi until I watched Star Trek. We love Star Wars. It doesn't get many awards for its dialogue, though. If there's like a Star Wars equivalent of the Bechtel test, uh, instead of two women talking about a man, it'd be two characters talking about the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, it sucks fun, living know, under this regime, you know? <laughs> it's Star Wars, you know? It makes sense. Most of the dialogue would center around... The Empire and George loved his pulpy, like crazy. What was what's what who am I thinking of? Um, Dash. No, not Dash Rendar. You know, not quite. Not quite. I don't know what you're trying to say. It's uh, old sci fi adventurer like guy. Oh, like like Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. There we go. George Lucas was a huge Flash Gordon fan, and he constantly reminds us this by <laughs> writing like that. And that's great because that is, you know, a cornerstone that has to be. But. If you were looking for something a little more meaty, yeah, a little more substance to it, yeah. Star Trek, Star Trek. Oh yeah, politics too. Does politics great. way better it does than politics Star Wars? So well, yeah. Also great for farming moral dilemmas. Everyone always says that their most memorable campaigns involved a lot of kind of like gray morality, moral dilemmas, two hard choices, but no clear right answer. Star Trek, that's every other episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's sexy woman planet and then moral dilemma. That's the only two Star Trek episodes there are. And your campaign can have plenty of both and be a great campaign. And sometimes the sexy woman is a moral dilemma also. <laughs> there are There is one particular TNG episode I'm thinking of that it has sexy woman planet and a moral dilemma. There, I think the sexy women are harboring prisoners or something I can't remember you, you know Probably, how it goes yeah, exactly. and then you know we all know what Riker gets up to <laughs> and then he frees the prisoners at the end it's great yeah sorry that's the Star Trek plug from for this episode you've probably heard it before but uh yes 
Well, what other sci-fi shows can you think of to draw inspiration from? I personally, big fan, Outer Limits. Yes. Really good. I love that sword, that whole like classic black and white sci-fi. Twilight Zone as well does some really good sci-fi themed episodes. Absolutely. And there's reboots of both of those shows from cer- certain eras. Those both have been rebooted at least a couple times each. Yeah. And I think there's even more iterations of goodness to farm there. People are fans of Firefly. The Thing. The Thing. Fuck, we didn't say movies, but like. Movies are Movies all, are in this are category. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> movies are like shows, but shorter, but longer. <laughs> They're less, but there's still more, but at the same time. Yes, you know? yes, it's very fascinating. Movies are like the f- fiber of, of <laughs> podcasting. <It's- laughs> they can quote us on that one. That's I watched good. The Warriors last night. Oh, wow. Not exactly Swissy fodder, but like pretty cool. I mean, if you, you want to make it sci fi, if you want to do Coruscant Underground, watch The Warriors. Absolutely. Alien. Alien's great. Come on, Alien. Terminator. There's Terminator. so much. There's so much stuff you can take. Just from your everyday, like, oh, I saw a movie on TV. You just put it in the put it in Star Wars. Put it through the Star Wars filter. You know, add some flanges on there. Mm. Put a chorus, and then you got yourself a whole campaign, baby. That's what it is. And dear listener, I'm sure you're observing yet again for this category. Oh, great! They're listing the top ten most popular sci-fi <laughs> things for on the go to watch list. Yes, because that makes easy radio. But just like I said in our novel segment. Go get that B movie off the shelf. Go see. Oh, God, there's a Japanese Star Wars B movie ripoff that needs to be seen. I wanted to write a talent tree for it. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's called, it was that um, inspiring for oh, you. Man, huh? Hold on. I got to look it up. <laughs> message from space. Uchu Kara no. I can't say it. It's just message from space. It's Japanese. message from space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> message from space. 1978 Japanese space opera directed by Kinji Fukasasu. Watch it. It's ridiculous. It's bad, but it's so good. There's this awesome sword fight scene. That's kind of like Tokusatsu vibes. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Tokusatsu. That's Japanese for special effects, but yeah, yeah. that whole Godzilla. Super exactly. Sentai. The villain is like Darth Vader, but if he was like a Sentai villain, that's great. So he looks badass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> and like I'm saying that the story isn't perfect, but just the overall texture is something that will absolutely inspire you to bring it into your game. And that visual language. You just want to exactly that. Cause I don't know how to describe things. I'm bad with imagery. I have to absorb a lot of external media before I can actually start formulating my ideas. The last starfighter, another good movie in the same vein that is worth mentioning here. It's imagine if star Wars, but Luke had the only X wing. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. If there is any media that you like to use inspiration for your campaign, reach out. I'd love yeah, to hear about it. I want my inbox, my email inbox at darktimeswissy at gmail.com full of your obscure recommendations. Don't say Alien 2. Or is that Aliens? I don't know. <laughs> it's Aliens. You get what I'm <laughs> saying? If you're listening to this, deep in your heart, I'm sure you have that one piece of media that you don't share with a lot of others because it's really freaking weird but is core to your storytelling experience or just your story enjoying experience, send it our way. We want to read them off next week. And, and you know what? I'm going to take it a step further. Go ahead. Put them in the, in the Reddit comments. Yeah. For Reddit comment. That Reddit thread's there for a reason. And it's good because everyone can see it. We guys send us an email and we see it, but I want everyone to see your recommendations, please. Yeah. This is a good, this is a good episode, Steven. I we did a great so. job. This is a lot more relaxed. You know, I kind of like feel, it. I feel weird when I don't have like, 
something to cover. Like yeah. not yeah, script is the wrong word because it's a guideline, a guideline, a metric to measure yeah. my own success. Very insecure person sometimes. Cut well, that. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I will cut that though if you really want. Please, me please to. do. <laughs> well, I know leave it. It humanizes me. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Dark Times podcast. Seriously, I say it every week. This started as a fun little idea on the back of a Chipotle napkin Sam had, <laughs> and it's evolved into fostering and building and reinforcing what has just been an excellent community. And to have this platform to express my ideas and to express your ideas, it's been invaluable. It's Thank great. You. Seriously, I, I, I have no regrets. I don't know. Now I'm not to toot my own horn. I don't. I don't know how how many on average people were joining the Swissy Discord before, but uh, <laughs> we don't need to say <laughs> no, 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 no. Swissy has had an uptick of an interest recently. I mean, look at the subreddit numbers. Look at the Discord numbers over the past year. It's true, and being part of that is a dream come true. I mean, being able to participate in it so actively is just amazing. And it's all really because of you guys. I mean, people have to listen to this for it to like carry forward. Sam and I could talk to these mics all day. It would make a difference unless someone out there appreciated it. And gosh, I don't think I go a full day without someone online saying something nice about what we do. So, and that's what it's all about, Steven. It's about your personal (laughs) ego and making you feel better about yourself. No, No, every day that this show resonates with someone is a success in my book. And shout out to a specific particular group of people who makes it happen. The patrons, Uh, these people voluntarily donate five or ten dollars a month. That's about one Taco Bell trip for me on average per month. To ensure the show can exist. It's not free to host a podcast. Not we're not saying that they're su- they're supplying Stephen with a Taco no, Bell. No, 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 no. They they are no, they are taking one. For the Taco cost Bell. Of, a, of a lonely Taco Bell trip per month. <laughs> you can help keep this show alive. And they do. I mean, they've paid for new equipment when it's broken. They've paid which just that just happens. They've paid for server hosting fees, which are not cheap. And as our bandwidth increases, as our popularity increases, so will those prices. I've given Sam a little bit of a bonus recently because Yay. they have a full-time job and still find the time to really crunch through and make the show not only sound amazing, but also get it out in a timely fashion. We do our best. We do. I feel like, I feel like we do a good job. I think we do great. I don't think you've been appreciated enough though, Steven, personally. <laughs> really, everyone's talking about how great I am and how good I am at my job, <laughs> but no one's really said how great Steven is. What was that review from the review from last week was so great where they were like, you guys sound like I have a beer with you. Yeah, because that's what I want to go for. I want to be your RPG friend that, you know, from the gaming shop, but I'm on Spotify in your ear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's that's great. You can also, you know, don't forget to review us on Spotify as well. Give us those five stars. Yeah. Uh, Send us a screenshot of you getting the given the five stars and we'll give you a shout on the show. Yeah. Tell us you told your table about. The podcast, and we'll shout you out on the show. Yeah, um, tell us your favorite episode. We'll yeah, shout you on the show. Sure, that sounds fun. I like that. We're, We're at that. We are at that point now where the library is big enough to where people can have a favorite episode. Man, isn't that weird? Isn't that- <laughs> Little, but fun. <laughs> um, review us on Apple Podcasts wherever you get your shows. We like you heard at the beginning of the episode. We read all the reviews out. You know, 
I will read if we get a negative review, I will read it out loud and I will address those concerns in the negative review. But we haven't gotten one yet. So thank you so much. Yeah, any and all feedback, please. Darktimeswissy at gmail.com. That's where you can reach us principally. We also are very active on Reddit and Discord. And those love, are great ways. Love the subreddit threads. Yes. I love, I wanna, that's the whole point. It's the spark inspiration and discussion. That's what those threads are for. Oh, yeah. And actually, now that was probably a good time to say, if you have something you want to be on the show, email that. If you just want to chat, Discord, yeah. Reddit. Yeah. Absolutely. We can we can chat over email, but like it's, I mean. Great. It's so clinical. It's you know? hard. Yeah, it's very it's much better when you have a build because then it's easier to post and list. We just grab it Absolutely. for the show. But if you want to chat about the show, Discord, subreddit, way easier places for us to do that. Fantastic. I'll teach you back to the action. <laughs> well, looking at the calendar, Sam, it's uh, September 26th, 2022. That's right. You know what that means? It means uh, we've got a segment from a listener. Oh, my God, Stephen, that's what it means. I, I was going to go. Oh, I skipped ahead in our, <laughs> in our schedule here. Sorry, <laughs> Sam just saved my ass. We have a very special listener submitted segment from Suyoshi Ketsu, longtime Swissy head and well known in the community for their contributions to this show and elsewhere. Take it away, Tsu. Hello, everyone. My name is Tsuyoshi Ketsu. Known to some as Sue. Sam and Stephen have kindly allowed some time for discussion of one of my saga projects. I'm extremely grateful for their generosity and humbled to be included on the podcast. Stephen mentioned in episode 40 that I have an infinite attack build, and that's more or less accurate. As I've understandably received some questions about it, I thought I would take the time to explain exactly how it works. Before I discuss the build, however, It's important to distinguish between infinite and theoretically infinite, as well as between infinite and arbitrarily large. An infinite effect is one that will always happen an infinite or unlimited number of times. A theoretically infinite effect is one that will happen an unlimited number of times given certain criteria. An arbitrarily large effect is one that will happen as long as the player chooses to continue doing so. They can stop whenever they want. This distinction is important because this build actually makes a theoretically arbitrarily large number of attacks. As long as a certain condition is met, it will keep going as long as the player likes. Even then, the build will eventually stop simply because it has killed all legal targets. As such, infinite is a slight misnomer. With that said, let's discuss the build's engine the combination of abilities that makes it work. The first talent involved is, unsurprisingly, the scoundrel talent Fortune's Favor from the core rulebook. Fortune's Favor reads, whenever you score a critical hit with a melee or ranged attack, you gain a free standard action. You must take the extra standard action before the end of your turn or else it is lost. This is an obvious place to start because Fortune's Favor alone is already theoretically arbitrarily large. As long as the player keeps rolling critical hits, the standard actions for attacks keep coming. In fact, all this build does is ensure that that trigger occurs. This is done by combining Fortune's favor with a force power from the Jedi Academy training manual named Tempered Aggression. Essentially, Tempered Aggression trades a penalty to hit determined by the activation check for an automatic critical hit if the attack lands. As such, 
Fortune's favor can be activated essentially endlessly as long as we have uses of tempered aggression. This build does also need to hit with its attacks. This is our theoretical condition and will be discussed in greater detail after the build is concluded. In order to continue its loop, the build needs to deal with two costs, the dark side point from tempered aggression and a way to regain its spent uses of the power. The dark side point is easily mitigated by two talents, either Vipod itself, per tempered aggression's text, or the many shades of the force talent from the Jedi Academy training manual. Of course, dark side characters need not worry about dark side points at all. This build is far more simple for them. Regaining the Force power uses is easy as well. Found in the Clone Wars campaign guide, the focused Force Talisman talent reads, When you create a Force Talisman, see page 214 of the Saga Edition core rulebook, you can select a single Force power from your Force suite. Whenever you are wearing this talisman and activate the selected Force power, you can spend a Force point to immediately regain all your expended uses of that spent power adding it to your Force Suite. This means that activating Tempered Aggression allows for Tempered Aggression to be regained as long as a Force Point is spent. There are now two challenges to consider, the once per turn limit on spending Force Points and actually gaining the Force Points to trigger Focused Force Talisman. Fortunately, the greater Focused Force Talisman talent in the same book provides a solution to the first. It reads, as Focused Force Talisman, see above, except that a force point spent to immediately recover the selected power does not count against the one-per-turn restriction on spending force points. As such, all that remains is a method of generating force points to spend. This is found in the Force Unleashed Campaign Guide's Jedi talent, Forceful Warrior. It reads, When you score a critical hit with a lightsaber, you gain one temporary force point, if the force point is not used before the end of the encounter, it is lost. This provides a force point to trigger the talisman based on something already happening and at no additional cost. At last, the circle is complete. To recap, build's routine is as follows. Using a standard action, the build activates tempered aggression. The critical hit it causes provides a force point, which is then spent to regain all uses of tempered aggression, as well as a new standard action. The process then repeats as many times as necessary to kill the target. Any dark side points gained are negated by other talents if necessary to do so. This loop continues as many times as the attacks hit with no other limit. The condition of the build, that is that the attacks must hit, can be built around using options such as Desperate Gambit, Lucky Shot, or simply having a nearby alley with Visionary Attack. Attack bonuses are also strong. The build should definitely make use of abilities such as Dark Rage, Manifest Force Guardian, and Consumed by Darkness. The build is also helped by completing an Education Destiny and applying its bonus to use the Force, to make the attack penalty from Tempered Aggression reliably lower. With all that said, however, this build is not as strong as it initially might seem simply due to the nature of combat in Saga Edition. The attacks must be melee attacks, meaning that ranged enemies cannot be easily handled. In addition, the existence of the condition track likely makes this build less effective than a simple condition track killer, of which there are numerous variants less complex than this. This is doubly true when considering that reflex defenses for heroic enemies are quite high. 
While this build murders a crate dragon, which has a reflex of 16, it likely can barely even scratch Darth Vader, who has a reflex of 39 and the block talent. As such, this build is really more of a neat trick than game-breaking in any real sense. Nevertheless, I hope that this build has been interesting to those listening. If you have any questions or comments, you're more than welcome to contact me on the Discord server SWSC Galactic Saga. Once again, Sam and Steven, thank you very much for your kindness and generosity. To everyone else listening, take care of yourself and each other, and I'll see you around the galaxy. Sue, that was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. We love the idea of hosting these listener submitted segments, and we'd love to do more. Uh, We can only do as many as people send in. So if you have a microphone and the guts to speak in front of 70 (laughs) to 100 people every week, record something. Give yourself a shot. We are a stage, a safe place, a welcome zone for any and all Swissy heads. So please. Send something in if you like. And I edit everything that goes on the show. So oh, yeah. don't worry about, oh, it might not sound good. I will do my best. We're going to make darndest. it sound as good as it can be. Exactly. And uh, yeah, if, whether it's a story from your table, that's yeah, maybe you're a good storyteller. Maybe you're a bit of a bit of a comedian. Maybe you can spin it in that way. Sure. Maybe you have a cool build like Sue or just want to talk about an interesting area of the game like the literalist. Yeah, did. that the great segment he did also. Absolutely. That's more than welcome. Please. If you have questions about what you can and can't submit, just reach out. You know how to get a hold of us. All right, Steven. We've 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 yanked their chain long right. enough. We know what they're here for. We, we know, know what they're, they're here for. for. The the Gungan drums have been rolling since the <laughs> beginning <laughs> since the beginning of the episode, and everyone knows why they're here. So I'll just go out and say it. Congratulations to Ezekiel for his Ewok. Yub Let's yub. go. Oh, Ewok pilot. Yeah, that's okay. You can speak over me. It happens all the time. <laughs> you can cut me out. Here, just start over. No, it was fine. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it was fine. Ezekiel, congrats on the victory with your first bounty submission. Yub yub. Not yub nub. <laughs> Don't get that mixed up. Different guy. Different guy. Different song. <laughs> yub nub's not a guy. He's a system. Anyway. <laughs> Ezekiel, congratulations. You done did it. You got 44% of the vote. That was out of nine votes total. The biggest voting pool we've had in bounties so far. Very nice. And those beautiful, beautiful votes are brought to us by those patrons that we mentioned earlier. Yes. If you want to vote in these build showcases, all you must do is sign up for one of the two tiers in the Patreon. That also gets you a sticker and or a shirt after your first three months of patronage. Once again, congratulations to everyone who entered our Bill Showcase. That was Champion Corn's Spark, Iroh's Bearing Club, Ezekiel's Yub Yub the Champion, Tsuyoshi Kensu's Grinta Fandaniri, Zloy Krolik's Vroomy the Speeder Ghost. <laughs> oh, Yub Yub. Yub Yub, you will be the champion forever and onwards. I can't wait to like down the line where we have a bound, like a like a tournament bracket for all the, the, the one bounty builds. <laughs> so cool. The ultimate bounty showcase yeah. ever. Oh man. Yeah. If we get a few more build showcases going, we totally do a big bracket. Oh, we we're definitely doing that someday. That's really, really fun. The ultimate build. We're going to do more of these soon. We, uh, we've received a couple of requests to crank up the power on these build showcases. Maybe take it level 12, level 14. I think you could expect to see that, plus some other surprises in the near future. Well, Stephen? Well, Sam? Uh, it's that time of the week again. Oh, 
For those unfamiliar, this is a segment I like to call Name That NPC or I Literally Kill You. I have an NPC stat block here, courtesy of Zoloy Krolik. Uh, and Steven has three chances to guess the NPC, as well as three yes or no questions. Uh, if he fails, then he dies, and I will look for a replacement in the future. So, you, are you ready, Steven? Ready as I'll ever be. All right. All right. This is from the Jedi Academy training manual. Oh, it'll be a tough year. Oh, yeah. Affiliations, Corsac, Rogue Squadron, the Jedi. This is a CL-13, Medium, Human Soldier 3, Scoundrel 2, Jedi 3, Ace Pilot 3, Jedi Knight 2. Uh, we've got Force Power Suite, uh, Battle Strike 2, Mind Trick 2, Negate Energy, Rebuke 2, and Surge. Force Techniques, Force Point Recovery, Talents, Deflect, Draw Fire, Expert Gunner, Indomitable, Influence Savant, uh, Quick Trigger, Redirect Shot, and Space Hound. Feats, we've got the Armor Efficiencies, Light and Medium, Force Sensitivity, Two Uses of Force Training, Point Blank Shot, Skill Focus in both Pilot and Use the Force, Skill Training in both Persuasion and Use the Force, Vehicular Combat, Weapon Finesse, Weapon Focus, Lightsabers, and weapon proficiency, lightsabers, pistols, rifles, and simple weapons. We got skills, mechanics plus 11, perception plus 14, persuasion plus 13, pilot plus 19, use computer plus 11, and use the force plus 18. Steven, do you have a question? Yeah, just one question. Yeah. Is it corn horn? Holy <laughs> shit, Steven! <laughs> Holy shit, it is corn horn! Wow! That's like, insane! Like Corellian, Corellian, Corellian Corsair. Like Jedi Academy. Only one guy who it could be. Uh, yeah, so Zoli Krolik said, while Cornhorn wasn't in any of the movies, he's been covered in many books and other media. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zoli, you almost had me there. Almost, almost. I was so close. He really wants my seat. He wants it. But will he get it? Maybe next time. Probably. <laughs> Probably. He's really running me to my brink here. I was like, oh, man. You still got it first try, though. That's the thing, right? It, like, it just you, took me a you while. You didn't even ask a yes or no question. It was just straight up. <laughs> That's great. Fantastic. Uh, Steven, do you have any trivia for us this week? Yeah, I, I keep finding good Phantom Menace trivia. So <laughs> I'm just going to stick with that. So the three Wookiees in the Galactic Senate were actually all the same Chewbacca costume from the Lucasfilm archive. They just filmed the three guys three different times and then spliced <laughs> the footage together. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The actor in the old suit was filmed three different times with slight adjustments made to the hair. When the shots were put together, we, that is a quote from some guy, ended up with three different Wookiees out of one suit, which feels like a classic, like, Lucasian cost-cutting maneuver. It works. It's, a, it's like a $3,000 suit yeah. at least. Like, like, what, are you going to sew up more Chewbacca costumes? <laughs> Chewbacca? They had to kill all so many Wookiees <laughs> to make those suits, Stephen. <laughs> and I got another good one for you. This one's a bit more common, I think. I already knew this one. Some of the cheers and jeers emanating from the audience at the pod race in Phantom Menace are from a San Francisco 49ers game. San, <laughs> sound designer Ben Burt recorded crowd reactions at the football game himself. That's that's from when Sebulba was the quarterback. So yeah. <laughs> Go, okay. Oh yeah. Oh, my life's so hard working at ILM. I got to go to this 49ers game, record the crowd reaction for my job. Well, and you know, he had a beer oh, in hand. Yeah. Like, you know, he had his cup of beer in the oh, microphone. Oh yeah, George. Like, oh. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, what's a great idea. I'm going to go down <laughs> instead of hiring a crowd. Let's just pay. We've got those season pass tickets, right? Like I'll just go. Yeah. I'll just go, you know, get, get a few sounds from the crowd. I'll work real hard. You know, <laughs> 
imagine? So funny. <laughs> just fucking chilling. <laughs> Holding the mic like, mm-hmm, oh, he's yeah. got a beer. Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely had a beer. Uh, this one's like, I didn't write this one down because everyone knows this one, but the crowd at the Moss Espa Classic, I think it was called. Yeah. Moss Espa. Uh, no, uh, Bunta Eve Classic. The Bunta Eve Classic. Thank you very much. Q-tips. Really? Like the far shot, that, most of that crowd was a practical effect. That's they built a model and then put little Q-tips in it that they colored and painted okay. all different ways. And then they put a fan under it to blow and like make the Q-tips wiggle. <laughs> Do you know this? No, I didn't Yeah, know. mostly distance shots, it's Q-tips painted That's and, you know, great. Don't, touched That's up. That's great. So cool. If you've got any cool Star Wars trivia, behind the scenes trivia, then absolutely send it our way. Please let us know. How do you like an Andor? Boy, I like it. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen the third episode yet. Okay. Yeah. Well, I see why they released... Uh, Three episodes at once is what I'll say. Oh, shit, really? <laughs> it's very much like the first episode was very much like exposition. Yeah. And the second episode is more exposition. Yeah. So, yeah. um, You know what? I like seeing uh, kiss-ass Imperials in I, non-Imperial roles. I'll I, say that much. I like that. I like the, I think the dialogue is really smart, oh, really yeah. sharp. Oh, it's so very good. refreshing coming off of certain other recent Star Wars shows that maybe didn't have. You can say Book of Boba Fett. It's okay. <laughs> I liked, you know, I liked most of Kenobi. Yeah, I mean, it It felt like Ian McGregor was out acting every single person in, in Kenobi. That was <laughs> Except my for the girl. girl. Except for the girl. She was cool. <laughs> um, yeah, but Andor seems awesome. Oh, incredible. Everything about and- the acting in Andor is insanely oh, it's good. Shakespearean sometimes. Oh, it just feels so great. And I, I like the scene that we've always, ever since that SNL skit, with Adam Driver. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted like an office Star Wars ripoff, like a Parks and <laughs> yeah, Rec style, yeah. like Star Wars show. And, and I feel like segments of Andor have that. Exactly. <laughs> it's really good. It, it hits. It's very funny. For sure. No, I have one gripe with Uh-oh. Andor. Okay. You know, the scene where they stumble upon the the ship in the forest, the, the kids like all stumble upon the ship. Oh, yeah. It's a Confederate ship. Is, is it a cis? Ship? It's a cis ship. Oh, wow. They wear cis patches. On oh, the, I thought that was, um, I didn't think that was cis. I thought that was, uh, Imperial intelligence. No, it's cis. Oh, damn. Cause he's six years old. Yeah. So been in this fight since I was six years old. <laughs> yeah. But wait, you haven't seen the third episode? No, I haven't. So, you know, you saw the part where he gets picked up, right? Is that the second episode? That might be the third. Second episode ends with them. Like that, that situation with the crash ship. Okay. Yeah. 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 Damn it. I can't say it then. That's fine. I mean, do you, if you care, I do. You do care? Yeah. You okay. can add it in once I'm gone. No, I'm not going to add okay. it in once you're gone. It's too much effort. <laughs> but yes, so it's a cis ship, and they say something later that it's like, oh, it's a Republic ship. I'm like, no, it's not. It's oh. very clearly like Confederate. Like, they have the patches and everything. Interesting. That's that's my only gripe. We'll have to dig more about that's that. That's straight up like, yeah, next week we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll it talk more. about it. All righty. Thank you so much for listening to Dark Times Podcast. The show is produced and edited by me, Sam. Steven is my co-host. You can reach out to us on Twitter at DarkTimesSWSE or email us DarkTimesSWSE at gmail.com. Review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows. Tell a friend about the show. We love it when people talk about it on the subreddit and everything. Steven, do you have a quote for us this week? I suggest a new strategy, R2. Let the Wookiee win. <laughs> That's great. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Bum, 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 bum.
can you can I can you imagine the Bith uh, musicians <laughs> at like pl- playing at like a club like a, like a heavy club scene? Oh yeah, <laughs> be really funny. Yeah, my brother's in the Bith band. <laughs> So funny. How old are you? 